1: What's up, y'all? It's your girl. Ari Chambers here, and I'm sitting next to some legends. And because they are legends, I don't want to do them a disservice. So I'm going to start with you, T. Introduce yourself.
0: So I'm Tisha Penichero, born in Portugal. Come over here to the States, and I guess I'm a WNBA legend? I don't know.
2: Yes, Queen, take your time with your <laughs> intro. Yes. Uh, I'm Chastity Melvin, North Carolina's finest, NC State Wolfpack, you already know. Uh WNBA <laughs> legend, and uh, that's it. I'm O'Curry, you know, one of the realest you'll ever know.
3: <laughs> Here um WNBA legend, long career.
1: Uh, Chains play. around the neck, just shining, yeah, loving. Here for All Star, about to have a good time. Let's get into it. Uh, legends are beside me, and each of you all impacted the game in such a unique way and at different times, but are still so close to the game. But I, before we even get into that, I'm looking at this flag that's in front of us, and it's 25 years since the inaugural WNBA All-Star Game. Tisha, I know you were a part of it as you signed this, and uh, you walked in just slaggy. I don't think that people can see if they're just listening to this, but a freaking legend, and you played at the first All-Star Game. So from that until now, how have you seen the All-Stars in particular evolve over time?
0: Um, I mean, honestly, to to say that it was 25 years ago is kind of crazy to begin with, but um, that was an amazing experience, and to be in New York at Whitney Houston, sing the national anthem, and to just be a part of history really um, it was amazing and 27 years later here we are in Vegas uh, to host another all-star game and I, I just definitely feel like the WNBA has taken uh, steps forward uh, the game is in great hands I mean little girls in high school now can definitely dream about playing in the WNBA because th- they know that the league is here and is strong as an amazing foundation and has grown tremendously so I just see that uh, that we have taken uh, steps forward and I'm, I'm proud to, to obviously been part of uh, history with the first one and still kind of be in it 27 years later.
1: I love what you said about the younger generation being able to see you all, all three of y'all. They, they, they were born into it, to be mm-hmm. honest. like If you think about it, there are people in the league now that were born in the 2000s. Yeah. So they never had to live without a WNBA. They never had to live without y'all being in these high spaces. And then I was walking here about to get to y'all and I saw a high school group. And mm-hmm. I just think that the impact that the youth have I mean the you all have on the youth is is dope so Chastity Mo, what are y'all seeing about about the infection the infectiousness of women's basketball and have you ever been able to like sit with it and know like how much of an impact y'all have made on the game?
2: Uh, I think I recognize it every day. I coach high school basketball this off season, and just hearing the young girls talk about the WNBA and actually in high school say I want to play in the WNBA mm. uh, before, like in high school mm. we weren't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Mo, Mo's yeah. younger than me, so um, but like Mo's like yeah. yeah, 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 Mo was that way. But like I just remember, you know, the inaugural season and Cynthia Cooper would raise the roof like mm-hmm. so Cheryl to Cheryl swoops. Uh, Lisa Leslie so they inspired me to want to be in the league and now it's just a trickle down effect so the WNBA definitely has an impact but now it's more global everyone um, across the board knows about the WNBA and just being here in Vegas this entire week I'm like I'm having people stop me are you playing are you on the aces and I'm like (laughs) like you know but no no really in some cities you don't have that where Mm -hmm. you have teams so Mark and them have done a really good job because everywhere I've gone Mm -hmm. someone has stopped me you know, I can be in D.C. when I when I do the on-air for the pregame show. Yeah, you do. And, you know, I played in D.C. and I don't have people stopping me, you know, when I'm out in the city. So, uh, you know, it's just it just goes to show if you build into, if you brand your team and you're really behind your team, it, it really impacts. If you invest, oh, yeah. it impacts the whole city, like on the bus, on the shuttles, wherever. People are like, yeah, I go I root for the Aces. The WBA is the greatest. and All the guys are wearing the shirts. So it, it definitely has a huge impact. I agree. I mean, like, I,
1: like I saw uh, my driver was actually talking to me about the league. And, like, I was like, oh, know nothing. Just tell me everything. And he was just going off wrong. But at least he was amused about it. Yeah, you know what I mean?
2: Like, he, yeah. I know, but it's this talk about. Mm-hmm. It. Like, they're having conversations. You're right. Yeah. yeah I, I, that's what we need in yeah, I got, every I got w- in an w- Uber week.
0: yesterday. And the guy is driving. I keep seeing, like, looking at me. And I'm like. <laughs> I was like, I have to ask you, were you at the Aces game against the Mercury on Tuesday? I think I saw you on the Billboard. I was like... On the Jumbo and I was like, yep, that was me. He was like, I knew it was you. Uh, pa- 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 Pachero? Like? <laughs> I was like, you're close enough, it's Pachero. He was like, oh, can we get a selfie? I was like, after you drive, after you- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, I know you gotta, you, you, got, you know. A, Danger. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. No, but that's cool. I mean, there's billboards everywhere you go
2: here. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: and that's the thing. Like, if you invest, you get a return, you know. And uh, Mark Davis, I mean, kudos to him because he really is uh, doing his thing over here, and everybody, the whole city. I I mean obviously they won so that helps mm-hmm. uh, but the whole city you can tell is just a buzz about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not a like ex- it
3: exposure like the league you know through social media mm-hmm. through these different um, platforms that have been started by athletes or like supported by athletes or just if you show them the people will come and like I think where the league is now is a true test to met to you know you put them there you give them the exposure people will come and like I think From that, the league will continue to grow. All-Star is such a big thing. Even now, like former players didn't really go to All-Star as much Mm -hmm. as we do now. But now it's kind of like every year I look forward to coming to All-Star because it's a good time. I get to catch up with like some old heads like myself and (laughs) see some fans. (laughs) You have a good time and you get to watch the talent. Uh, The talent is great. So I think just that's a part of, um, you know, continuing to grow the league and having older players still support the league.
1: What was the turning point though? You mentioned that players didn't used to go. Why why y'all be popping up now? I mean, first they used oh. to have it in
3: Connecticut. Oh, <laughs> what <is everybody's laughs>
1: literal- no. What if everybody's literal thing for Connecticut? No. No, to be, to be
2: fair. Before they start to, disrespect? No, to be fair, it is very hard to get flights into That's true. Connecticut. You're not wrong. It's You're six, not wrong. I mean, Vegas, all day, every day. <laughs>
1: Airport's yeah. right there. You can, get, right we can get
2: to Vegas. So, I mean, can um, we keep it 100? Fair. I mean, it's really
0: feeling welcome. You know, uh, I think, uh, you know, when you watch the NBA All Star game, who's sitting courtside? All the legends, the people that started the Pioneers, right? Who's sitting courtside at the WNBA All Star game? NBA players, mm. right? So, I mean, a Retired Players Association really is putting all all, all of us back together. Mm-hmm. And I think just like Mo said, coming here is like a little reunion. You know, it's like a family reunion because you've seen your peers that you have played with or against. Um, but maybe feeling welcome. I think that's the thing from the WNBA. And that's one thing that I told Cassie. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have to embrace the former players mm-hmm. and make them feel welcome. Not that you retire, you don't exist anymore. Um so I think feeling welcome, and you know, the the league, and obviously the Retired Players Association has done a, an amazing job to bring everybody together. Um, but that's that's important in my in my point of view.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely the Retired Players Association. I've been a part of for a long time, and obviously, with our schedules, it's kind of hard. People have different careers um, to just take off, you know, yeah. two or three days to to come and support. But I, I think also Mark Davis, like when he started his reunions with bringing all the. Players that played for San Antonio. Yeah. Like, I think he gave the blueprint and showed, you know, the WNBA and Kathy, like, hey, this is kind of how you do it. Yeah. Like, look it was at, double, this, it. Looking at y'all's pictures. I'm like, at you Yeah, job. yeah. Exactly. like, you're, going this, year. you're going this year. I'm yeah. like, okay, can every, well, Cleveland fold it, but do can the sky can the Mystics year? do it? Yeah. They do it every year. He That's brings insane. all so the important. players back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's very instrumental, but look, I mean, I feel like it's had a huge impact on the success of the Aces because i believe when you honor the past and you remember the past it i mean it just fuels and empowers your organization because the team kind of see they they know the history and obviously they want to show they're better yeah, <laughs> and exactly. so they you know they're, they're motivated mm-hmm. but i mean you can see it across the board in professional sports In college you know like the dukes the carolina they 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 honor all their former players and they Go consist pack? they've consistently been successful <laughs> But they bring all their players back. Do they not? You know, like so. When you do that, I think you just gotta. You gotta, like she said, when they have the NBA All Star Game, they have all the legends on the front. Like they pay homage to them, and obviously the NBA has been around for seventy six years, so um, it does correlate. Yeah. Do y'all
1: feel appreciated now? Because I know that there was a time where. I would I would call it like the dark days of not knowing the history of the WNBA from the general general public. But as you're talking to Kathy and bridging the gap with the, the players' association, the retired players' association, the WNBA, uh, I've seen growth. But is it enough for y'all?
2: Do y'all feel the flowers? Um, I I don't I won't say I don't feel like the WNBA doesn't appreciate us. Um, I think they do appreciate us. I think I believe that they haven't found the balance in honoring the legends and merging the the, uh, the, fu- the future the present and the mm-hmm. past together uh, from a marketing standpoint I think there are certain things they can do brand wise and marketing wise and I just don't I don't know if they don't have the sponsorships the money <laughs> the the dollars to do that mm-hmm. the NBA has done a great job of that whether they have commercials with a legend and you know a present player mm-hmm. I mean that's merging that's merging the two and branding the two, like, you don't really see that. Like, we need to see the Cynthia Coopers, you know, with Cooper, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we need to, uh, with Kai Cooper from Chicago Sky, you know. We need to see Lisa Leslie with Elena Deledon maybe doing a commercial, you mm-hmm. know, or like, like, stuff like that. Like, so there are little things, I think, that they can do from a brand and marketing perspective that, kind of makes us feel like, oh, yeah, you haven't forgot about us. But I, I, I think it's a broad statement to say they don't appreciate us. I mean, we started the league, you know, Period. so I think there's I do believe there's an appreciation factor there. I just think there's a lot on their plate in trying to grow the league and impact it from a global standpoint. And now it's just they're concerned on the present the present players. OK, how do we market them? But I think there's some space in there to market us and brand us at the same time.
3: I think it depends on the organization Mm -hmm. like um, I played for DC most of my career I'm a DC girl so I feel supported there and I think they appreciate Mm -hmm. um, their players but like Chad said in trying to grow the league it's a lot um, on their plate just Mm -hmm. trying to support the current players figuring out a you know opportunity to support former players and I think some organizations have kind of set up a position where there's somebody that kind of handles um, past players to be able to You know create programming or events or have opportunities to bring players back but i think overall the league is appreciative you know Mm -hmm. of players like t and like chassis and like as i grew up those are the type of players i watch i mean i played with chastity but um you know i always respected the game and respected the pioneers and was always grateful um for the players that came before me and i think it helped me growing up in a city that had a WNBA team because then Mm -hmm. i could go and support and i could go outside and wait for the players to come through. And like, you know, it's so crazy, full circle. And, you know, um, Nikki McRae, who recently passed, and growing up in D.C., she played for D.C. And Mm -hmm. I just remember I used to go to all the games and then I would wait. outside of the arena for the players to drive out, just so I could see them and like wave to the players. And Nikki McCray was always a player who would stop for us. And like one time she gave my cousin her shoe and my cousin still has the shoe and she signed it. So just paying respect to those players and being appreciative, I think, It trickles down from current players' respecting the past Mm -hmm. and then, like, you know, organizations showing appreciation for their former players, too.
1: I love the word respect. It resonated with me when you were speaking about it. What do you all respect most about the game?
0: Everything. I mean, I started playing when I was five back in Portugal. So, I mean, even if you go on my phone, 90% of my contacts I met through basketball. I mean, the money that I've made, it was my job. Uh, The people that I've... I've connected with uh, the memories that I have. I mean, I don't want to say basketball was my life because I don't want to, to make it like that serious, but it was that serious for me. You know, ball is life. Yeah, ball is <laughs> life. You know, it's like, like for a little girl from Portugal, from a small city that has like 30,000 uh, people, um, to risk it all to to come here to follow my dream and just I just wanted to be the best player that I could be. I didn't necessarily knew like what it meant, but I just wanted to risk it all and then just live with the consequences so obviously basketball it's it's amazing in my life and I knew that once I retired that I wanted to stay involved and just kind of pay it forward um, and just continue to do what we can to for the for the game to continue to grow. Mm-hmm.
2: I have a high level of respect because I've been a part of a lot of folding of professional teams. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't so, talk about the fold, yeah. Yeah, we should, yeah. We should, we should. We should. <laughs> like, we like, you know that At the end of the day, you know, like, um, but I guess first and foremost, I was coached by one of the pioneers of women's basketball yes. Coach K- and Coach Kayal, and Coach Hatchell growing up in North Carolina. So I know their stories and how much they put in women's mm-hmm. basketball. So for me, I've always had a high level of respect for basketball just um, because of that. And it's just trickled on into you know, the professional league. And obviously I played in the ABL as well Mm -hmm. and the ABL folded. So I know how quickly you can have something and reach a dream and it be taken away. Yeah. So for me, I don't, I don't take it for granted. I'm super passionate about uh, the WNBA and our women's league, you know, having growth and growing, but also having women have important roles in the Mm. WNBA. And so that's, that's where I think the real respect comes from because I don't want our WNBA to turn into the NBA. And it can it could easily do that.
1: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, that's right. Don't, don't, like, don't push it out of you now. I'm not going to push it out of you. I, mean, I respect the
3: games. Just like, I would say, like, basketball was my life for a long time. And a lot of the opportunities um, that came my way was become, because of the sport. Uh, the travels I've had around the world. You know, all of us play internationally. I think the game brings so much more than, um, what you do on the court, just the relationships that you build. Um, where I currently work now is because of my, you know, time mm-hmm. through basketball. So, respecting the game—if you respect the game—it
1: can give a lot back to you. Yeah. What Chassie said. I mean, I'm a girl from Raleigh, North Carolina, so I have the exact same experience as you. Um, looking at Coach Yao, and then down the street, Sylvia Hatchel, and Then I had the fortunate of uh, my parents drove me to the Sting games and I saw Dawn Staley. And it's just, I having those women figures in such high places can really shape like your entire life and tisha ball is life i never dribbled a ball in my life but it was still my life and i stayed close to the game and you all even beyond your playing career stayed close to the game do you feel the inherent responsibility to carry that and pass the torch or are you staying more so for the love why did you stay close to the game
0: I mean, when you love something, you want to have a close, right? So, to me, basketball is my first love. And, uh, like I said, it's my passion. And they say if you do, you know, what you love, you don't work a day in your life. So, I knew for sure that I wanted to, to stay close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that I wanted to give back to the game and kind of pay it forward. I knew that I didn't want to coach. I knew that much. So, I was just trying Man. to find – So, you
1: beat a harder job. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, I be calling my agent at 3 yeah. in the morning. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's um, – <laughs> I really love it, and I just can see basketball disappearing out of my life once I retire from playing. So I just wanted to find something that I could still, like, contribute to the game, still be involved, but in a different way. Um, and before I retired, I was just start thinking about the process of, you know, what I wanted to do. And at the time, like this is like two, 2010, 2011, when I started thinking about it, it wasn't too many women representing women, especially women that played basketball. Like, mm-hmm. when I give advice to my players, it's based on experience. I literally have been in their shoes, and everything they're going to go through, I've been through it. So, to me, it just, it just made sense. The more I thought about it, it's just what I wanted to do. And here I am, like, almost 12 years into it, you know? So, it's kind of crazy. It's been
1: that long. Huh? I retired
0: in 2012, so, yeah, it's crazy. Oh my God, yeah. time flies. I know. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah. Every time I try to leave, WNBA keeps calling. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, at the end of the day, I try to get away from it, but it's just, just um, since I, you know, you have a high level of respect for it. Um, you know, I mean, if you know some of the stories of the legends and what they went through, um, also having to go overseas, and um, the, one of my late great—I mean, a great favorites of mine, Teresa Edwards. Mm-hmm. You know, like just her her career and how she kept playing basketball when it was just very hard to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And all those Olympians, actually, you know, just playing when no one cared about women's basketball. So for me, um, I do feel a sense of responsibility that if I can and I have the position or if I ever get roles, like I want to stay around the league. So um, my ultimate goal is to be able to make those big-time decisions in the WNBA and uh, make sure that it's successful. Like I said, you know, when you see something fold and go away, (laughs) like – you want is is I guess for me, I have a sense of like I don't take this for granted.
1: Yeah, what was the what was the <clears throat> emotional impact of seeing the teams around you just, just I
2: mean it was running? terrible. Like for me, um I mean I think for I think it's still, you know, like I I'm with some of the former rockers. Like for us it was extremely difficult when the Rockers ended. Um we were on the verge of actually not saying we would have won a championship, but we lost to Detroit. The year that they won the championship, so we were right there, and then the team folds, and so all that hard work, everything, all the camaraderie, all the, the great fans we had, it's just, it's just everything became non-existent. So it's very hard to explain. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I could talk about that, but then you have Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Suits with four rings and yeah. You I know, mean, they're, the, they're me the Houston okay? Comets. <laughs> yeah. They're the Houston Comments and like yeah. none of that is recognized. Like yeah. I was close the to the yeah, yeah, or the trophies. No, I, I read something what, of, like, yeah. the
1: trophies were in like some like yeah. shed. Like I was is like, you, what do you yeah. mean a yeah. shed? Like yeah, that's like what I'm I yeah. I
2: think that's low key disrespectful. And uh, for me, I just feel like if the WNBA could, like there are a few franchises that I would love for them to bring back. Name on. <laughs> and pay homage to. Well, I mean, obviously, the the, stick. obviously, the, <laughs> obviously, the Houston Comets, and of course, I want the Charlotte Sting to come back. <laughs> Sacramento, and, and I, want, I, want, I want to be a part of. <laughs> I Portland I should get attention. Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think oh, Portland's like, great. And obviously, I Portland mean, thing. Cleveland rocks, so you got to bring the Rockers back. So, so we, we had a great five. We had, we had a yeah, yeah, experience yeah experience like basically all of them. Oh, okay, everybody. Let's
1: be clear. Bring them all back. Okay, wait, wait, wait. If y'all could bring a team to a new city, where would y'all bring a team to? Um, I was I, gonna, I was gonna say
0: Miami, but we already had a team. So
1: I would say
3: Philadelphia. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was gonna say Philly, Philly too.
3: I think they have good fans
1: out there. Yeah. They support their team. Cuz yeah. I was like, what about Philly? Imagine yeah. the, everybody's pushing this Philly.
2: I'm like, what? Like, Imagine like, the diehard Philly fans were that's, that's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> 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 I don't know that's good. like i <laughs> the block cuz I run the Listen, I like, think hey. I think it would bring great exposure because yeah. clearly we got some diehard Vegas fans down here like literally like Who has the best fans? Crazy. from when
1: y'all, y'all were playing. I know it's like different times now because you know Aces. I say I can't go against my
2: team <laughs> you the Missings are my team but the
3: Mercury yeah. their fans are like yeah. it could yeah. be Tuesday the X Factor is and, a, the, intense, and huh? the X Factor would come out and support well like they have
2: to it's high. Every- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Movies. Movies. Like, yeah, like,
3: no, just, but, that's great you know dc fans were always great like i think you know dc led the league in attendance yes. for like a, a bunch of years and you know the fans always showed up mercury but i think the, the Mercury X-Fractor, fans, x-factor like, yeah. yeah.
0: are like. i'm mean, in sacramento yeah, mm-hmm. y'all okay. know about the cowbells yeah we do
2: know about the cowbells that was the yeah, you, you got six man the cowbell yeah.
0: now i yeah. feel like
1: Tisha might
2: have some stories about like fans
1: coming up what's your craziest fan story Yo,
0: um, this is like a really <laughs> true story okay um so i'm i'm doing autographs at the mall so and this lady comes and she asked me to autograph her leg like with a sharpie and i'm like a sharpie she's like she yeah i have a tattoo appointment I knew it. so when i leave here i'm gonna go get it tatted i was like are you sure have you thought about it like, no i'm like right positive and i was like okay yeah
1: so that's did she why. ever come back and show it to you uh,
0: you know I, she I got think it. yeah, she a got game. It. yeah. Oh, she got oh, it. Oh, she got it. Yeah. So if you're out there listening, send me a pic. I, I want to see if you still, you know, if you need a
1: refill or whatever. <laughs> a little touch up. <laughs> a little touch up. It's on t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Monique, you know, you you have the privilege of like being able to be a consumer of the league and then playing in the league. Was there any fan moment that you had as a child when you were like, oh my god, this is my favorite player, and you ran up to her? Probably. What I talked about earlier, like
3: yeah. Mystics games were like the thing to do in the summer in D.C. was to go to Mystics games growing up. And, you know, we look forward to the summer. We look forward to the season. I would get on the bus, go down to the games, stay after the games and just wait for players. That was like my favorite thing. I would wait for the players to come through the garage. And it came full circle when I played for the Mystics. And I'm like, I'm driving out the garage and I'm like, wow, I used to stand out here and wait just yes, to see right. players come yes. through. So. That was always always a memory of mine. I did one time sneak into NBA All-Star. Okay. When it was in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... So fun. Uh, um, I knew the reporters Mm -hmm. um, and I was there. They have like, you know, they have practice. So they they bring in people to be fill-ins for players Mm -hmm. so they can make sure, you know. So I was a fill-in for like introductions. And so I was in there, but you're supposed to leave after, you know, they do the run through, the dry run. And so one of the reporters was like, you can come in the uh, newsroom with me and just wait till the game starts. And I was like, all right, bet. So I'm just like scoping out. I'm hiding out and the game starts. (laughs) I come out the media room Peeking and behind um, the wall, like I had a seat like three rows from the court too. Yeah. Like, oh, Bow Wow was like a seat <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> Vivica Fox was like next to me, and I was just like sitting in my seat. I was nervous the whole time because I'm like, yeah. somebody gonna say, like, "Excuse me, this is my seat." But
1: that was always great a great time, time too. Yeah. Who was y'all's dream? Well, I guess now if you're coming back to a game yeah. and, you're, and you're and you're chilling as like a legend in the game, who do you want sitting beside you right there courtside? Uh, a Player play
2: or a celebrity? A celebrity, right? A celebrity. I would say Will Smith for me. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like he'd be like a great even like
1: after him. the Oscars.
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I, think, I that think that made me <laughs> like. After his work, you know. Yeah.
1: You know,
2: I, think, I think that yeah. made me like him even. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Honestly, yeah. Because it's always like he's the nice guy. I guess yeah. I kind of. Kind of, you know, have mutual respect you I know, because I'm, I'm always I'm cool, saying, yeah. with low key, but I go zero to hundred real quick. Scare you? Like, Scare you? And that's—I I, felt—I felt Will in that moment because yeah, you're I so can, laid back, and then <laughs> yeah. it's just like when you get mad, you do something crazy because you're not used to going there. I <laughs> respect, anyways. But okay, so man. we have
1: Chastity and Will.
0: I would say probably Michelle Obama,
3: Tisha and Michelle. I'm going to say Wanda Sykes because
2: she's funny. <laughs> Y'all be uh, Yeah, we want right. comedians, right? Yeah. We want to have a good
3: time. <laughs> she goes to Sparks games sometimes, and I've seen her there, and she like talks trash uh, court side, so I think it would be fun to sit with somebody who would like, you know, mm-hmm. yell at the players. Yeah.
0: That would be a <laughs> good time laugh. for sure. So,
3: yeah.
1: What's yeah. dope is that you know, there was a heavy celebrity presence at the inception of the league, and now we, we we're bringing it back around there, and so it's like the WBA is a thing to do. There's so much excitement, but with that, it's like, because the product on the court is so good and so what have you seen um player wise branding wise skill wise that has impressed you all because y'all can be critical because y'all been in this thing right so what has
2: impressed you recently from this new generation i mean it's it's very hard for us to answer that question i know tisha looked over like a dime thrower like <laughs> I was like, doing like sessions. i was literally yeah. doing the same thing they're doing now her her and Nikki Teasley I gotta say yeah. you and Nikki oh, Teasley she were said like I'm in my style I sprit- yeah they created that do. so um I mean I don't I don't get into the old school versus new school I know there's a lot of things we could do like um I felt like you know when I played I was ahead of the game so I was just like to address my growth right. is from the coaching standpoint, mm-hmm. because it was like if I thought about shooting a three, which I tried, no, <laughs> I got I got cursed so, out. Like yeah. I was like you did not to, have the green light. Yeah, I, did, I was sent to the bench, and times now have changed. Yeah, times have changed, mm-hmm. so it's like people weren't allowed to see like everything I could do because it was like Chaz, you give the ball to Tisha as soon as you get hey, the Get ball. on the block. Yeah, get on I'm the kidding. block. It wasn't You're like different. you know I could yeah. put the and I could because obviously we all grew up playing yeah. with guys, so if we couldn't handle the bar. I'd handle the rock we weren't on the court yeah. <laughs> you know pretty much i mean so at the end of the day i think the growth of the coaches to allow women's basketball players to show their elite skill level from all from all the ranges of like shooting the three ball handling the ball if you're a forward uh stretch you know having a point forward yeah it's almost like it's just positionless now yeah it's positionless know? now like mm-hmm. before it was you know, even Mo, like, with certain things, like, no, this is what you're doing in offense. <laughs> you yeah, know I mean, what I mean? Like, some, But yeah, it's, it's some ballers. It's some ballers. Yeah, but like, there's you some real ballers. Yeah. Go out there, and drop buckets, Jewel Lloyd. Like, but they also had a green light to March. take, like, 28 shots. I yeah. think Mo would have loved that. Mo, <laughs> Mo would have loved the opportunity to have 28 attempts. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, but no, they can get done, Yeah, but they're though. really good. Like Breonna Stewart is out there yeah. killing yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. The I like skill set being. is yeah.
2: The skill set is beautiful. Like I mean, um, but I think you know just to say like I think it's more so coaches and the style of play. Being, so you
1: like the positionless style of
2: play? Yeah, I mean I don't call it positionless. I just think I, I think you allow players to do what they can it's do. You know, not not boxing them in. You know? Yeah, but
0: like, the, it, the, the, imagine the... if
2: they box Lauren Jackson and Stewie, yeah. and, like, because they seem like Lisa Leslie towards the end of her career, she I started. think Coop allowed her to, mm-hmm. you know, stretch her game out, and then that's when she showed she could shoot the shot. But she probably done that her whole entire career. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, just the rise and coaches saying, "Oh, these women can really play. They mm-hmm. can do a lot more than." Yeah, but like the true them, yeah.
0: centers, like you said, back to the basket. True point guards is like. Even in the NBA side, I yeah. think the Warriors kind of started it. It's, like, kind of going away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Van Der Sloot and, and, and Chelsea Gray. Mm-hmm. But after that, like, who's a true point guard? That's
1: true. You know? There like, there's, like, yeah. an intern, Like, there's an debate online, like, the return of the true
2: point
0: guard. I, I think it's going to be in a few years, it's going to be, like, dinosaurs. They'll be extinct. <laughs> it's, like, the true... And the true centers too. I yeah. mean, you, you
2: I mean, see. well, there are no centers in the NBA anymore. Right, It's just exactly. unfortunate. Joker's saying. a center. I mean, no, he is, but I'm saying... And that's why I think, well, the NBA is always, the NBA, well, we're not talking about the NBA, we're talking about the WNBA, but the WNBA still has centers. We still have back-to-the-back centers and we'll power forwards. We do. I mean, and their teams usually win.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, Brittany Griner is unstoppable on mm-hmm. the post. Aaliyah Boston is unstoppable with her back to the basket. Asia has, you know, <clears throat> elevated her game, but when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, where does she go? Yeah. And no one can stop her, you know? So I hope that continues because – I don't <clears throat> I like positionless basketball, but I also think the NBA is pushing players out that have certain skill sets that are mm-hmm. integral to the game. And like that's why I feel like Denver might have a run at it because no one's gonna stop Jokic. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he shoots the three-ball, but at the same time, he gets down in the paint and no one can stop him. Yeah. <laughs> no one can stop him. So they yeah. never kind of have- if a, Even yeah. if it's slow motion. Even if it's slow motion. And like to Tisha's point, you know, they actually have a point guard yeah. that actually you know, he's still he's a combo guard, but at the end of the day, he made everyone on the team better. Like Chelsea Gray does for <clears throat> Skyler, did for Phoenix, but we don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like you still need two critical positions, yes, and I think absolutely. surrounding that it does kind of become positionless basketball. Because if you look at the champions, that's pretty much you have a center. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, we don't want to call it that anymore. And you and have
1: you know, a point guard. And you have a
2: point guard. <laughs> Those are the teams winning championships.
1: <laughs> Everyone here has such longevity in the game. We've mentioned it many times, but I need to know the secrets of staying in the league that's this competitive and that's this um, wow. limited for entry.
0: I mean, dedication, sacrifice,
1: yeah. uh hard work. What's the extra step, Tisha? Because you can say that for like Those who succeed in college.
0: Yeah, I mean, taking care of your body, eating right, uh, stretching, doing the cold pool after practice. It's just a lot of stuff that goes into it that is like the, the three-hour practice can be extended to six hours because, you know, if you lift weights, if you do your treatment, if you stretch, I mean, foam rule. I mean, I can... And these days, is so much easier because you can actually go home and do game ready and the little boots or whatever, Norma Tech. I, mean, we, I didn't have any of that. She's <laughs> like, I had just, yeah, I had to stay in the gym and really take care of my body, make sure I go home and, you know, hydrate drink water you know like eat right so i could get ready and you know it more like all the back-to-backs the traveling there's so much that goes into it and if you don't really rest uh eat right and all of that i mean it can take years away from you so um i, I think that's the most important thing but it just comes with a lot of dedication and sacrifice and really into tune yourself like with to see what you need. Not everybody needs the same thing, so mm-hmm. you kind of have to know and then trust the people around you to, to help you. Mm-hmm.
3: You got to be able to hoop, though. This is like, Oh, yeah. For sure. A lot of young players, and we saw it this year and we've seen it the past couple of years, a lot of players who mm-hmm. were pretty good college players who mm-hmm. you would think would be successful when they got to the W, but like, when you get to the W, it's eye-opening. It'll be these players you may have never heard about, but they can hoop. Mm-hmm. And you get up there and you think you can play, but these players have been in the game, they're mm-hmm. grown women, so really working on your game and being able to compete.
1: What's the I'd biggest think. difference between collegiate play and W, w play?
3: I'd, I'd say everybody can hoop in the W, like mm. even down to the 12th woman, she may not play, but she can, she can ball. They're, they're women, so they're maybe stronger. The game is fast. You got to learn fast. The season is short, so it's not a lot of time to really like build chemistry. What you got training camp for about three weeks, then it's like you hit the ground going. So. Um, I think the, the the pace of play is different, and just the skill level is higher. Like every night, you're playing against the best in the world. In college, you might play against, you know, NC State nah,
1: you oh, might play against, you now. Oh,
3: watch your In college, you might play against like a small. <laughs> <school>. Watch <laughs> you now.
1: Two NC State <laughs> on the We Can't right watch
3: now. now. not ACC battle right now. In the WBA, you're playing against the best in the world, so you got to be able to tie your shoes up and be ready to go.
1: You know, we
2: had ACC art. on lock the
1: past it's two years, so about it's art.
2: all good. Longer than three. Yeah, longer than three.
1: Longer
2: than three, longer We're than three. don't play. We, we had a down season. We living now, in the season, present. <laughs> no. I think the biggest component just in professional sports in general, like coaching the NBA and uh, being a part of the WNBA is just the mental aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest difference between college and the pros. Mm-hmm. Um In college, if you're the best player on your team, you're not coddled, but, you know, the system is ran for you. Everything kind of, you know, revolves around you and you're taken care of for four or five, six years that you're there, (laughs) that players have been there. And mentally you haven't – I mean, some players have been challenged, but you haven't been challenged like you'll be challenged when you hit training camp. Right. you Everybody's the best –
3: come from being the best player on
2: their team. And I tell every pro player that I've coached, like – you gotta keep your confidence. That's the hardest thing. Like, you may not be playing. You might have a terrible practice. You may think the coach hates you. They might hate you. They might you. hate you. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you gotta have such thick skin, like, and remember who you are, remember what type of player you are, because mentally, I think that's the hardest component. Like, having that tough skin and just knowing what type of player you are, and that's how you persevere Whether you, when you're in the pros.
1: Yeah. Now, Chastity, you coach younger girls now, And knowing what you know now and knowing what they're going to be set up with, if they do have aspirations to go to the elite level, how do you keep them encouraged knowing that it's such a small fraction that actually makes it to where they want to go?
2: I just tell them all the time they have to love the game. You know, I consult a lot of AAU programs Mm -hmm. um, when I'm not, you know, in the league coaching. And I just tell them, like, this isn't something, like, you can just kind of like. This is – if you wanna be a pro, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And when you love something, you're gonna sacrifice for it. You're gonna discipline yourself. And you don't have to have you don't have to have people tell you you need to work out. You know, you need to train. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day. And a a lot of players I see they they need that. I've I'm, I'm coached in the pros, and I was joking with Mary the other day who's coaching with the Celtics here in the G League, and I was like, yeah, players will come out to me and be like, Coach, you want to shoot? i would be like, nah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did I wanna like, Literally, I don't want to shoot. I don't want to shoot. <laughs> I, I don't want to go in the weight room. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, do you want to shoot? You know, at the end of the day, so that's what that's what I mean. Like, they have to have that inner drive, too. Yeah to push themselves. There's too many like,
0: distractions should, these days. Yeah, they have yeah. a lot of
2: distractions. Like, I yeah. can't keep, I think T. Spoon spoke on a panel yesterday, and she was just like, you know, telling players, you know, to be at a certain time, and then they're late. Hmm. You know, we can never do that. That, to me, is so our, audacious. Our, our, yeah. our, <laughs> genera- like, our generation yeah. can never do that. Like, to this day, we're scared to be late. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rachel said, be here at 10.30. I'm like, Look at a all I'm like ten o'clock like, like, 10:00, like hey. It's like, <laughs> for old school, it's ingrained, yeah. yeah. and like, Coaching high school this year because I was out of the league, my girls were coming late. They had so many excuses, and then it's like, well, Chaz, you got to be different. Like it's a new generation. Like they're allowed to be late, and I'm just like for me, it's just how, the weirdest. How do you adjust play. yourself as a coach yeah.
1: like with that? Like, no, I didn't so. adjust myself.
2: <laughs> they had issues with me. They had started. They had to be on time, and I told their parents like this. I'm not changing that. I think there's some. I do think you have to change your coaching style. Um, with this younger generation, but I do think, like I said, that's why you got to know the history. Like, mm-hmm. I do think some of the staples of old school coaching or just character building,
1: mm-hmm. being yeah, on time
2: is, is like, yeah. it's it's just something that should that be That shouldn't even be arguable.
1: Yeah, like, it should, it's it's like shouldn't. shouldn't we be
2: like, what we talking about?
3: in the time for real. Yeah, it shouldn't
2: right? be, I mean, I mean, you know? It's just a basketball thing. It's, it's just a it's life skill. Yeah, it's like, like skill. yeah Some life skills, job. yeah, and that's not for a coach, even coaching the pros, it's a life skill. Like Teaspoon talked about it. She was like, I'm gone. You know, I look at the players out there. He's late. He's out there just feeling the ball. I'm nowhere to be found. Like, you have yeah. to teach them that life skill because it's actually helped me be successful. Those little things have helped me be successful and get opportunities and keep getting opportunities. And then also... You know, you hear on the other end, professional players once they retire because they still have some of those traits. Well, I'm late or da da da. It makes us look bad when they're late. Some of the stars. Oh, yes. That's true. You know, at the end of the day. So I, um, yeah, I, some of those staples, life skills, I still teach my players, mm-hmm. and and actually they appreciate that. Yeah,
0: they're one cool. thing that I'm a little scared about this generation is like, how do they deal with adversity? I don't think they know yeah. how. Like even the portal. Like I don't know what y'all think about the portal, but to me, it's like you just go into the portal, but you don't really have a strong reason. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it was like you started something, you're gonna figure it out, you're gonna finish it. Uh, Just to me, it's just like when there's a little hurdle, they'd rather go back and start over instead of figuring it out. And life is not like that, Mm -hmm. you know, life is hard and you're gonna have a lot of stuff coming at you and you can't quit. Mm-hmm. everything you know you kind of have to figure it out and just deal with adversity so that's the only thing that I'm also a little scared about this generation being on time is definitely one of them but uh, other life skills and values that we have and that we had like growing up that were instilled in us by our parents uh, by our coaches I feel like that is also going away and to me that's a little more scary even than being on time.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's especially like, yeah. too because I, I love the mention of the portal because there's one thing to have agency over yourself and mm-hmm. say, hey, this is just not the right fit because yeah. of um, a strong I, like, reason, yeah, yeah, like yeah. because this is causing me actual aches, yeah. like, versus, eh, yeah. I want a new city. The grass is,
0: green. Yeah. is the, the grass is greener mentality is kind of frustrating sometimes, you know, because it's like people always think that something is better out there. And it's not. Like, it's better where you make it better, you know, try to figure it out. Like I said, if you have a really strong reason to, to move and to, to go somewhere else, that's cool. But because the, the coach yelled at you because he didn't touch the line and how you met mad and you go and you put yourself in a portal, to me that's not a strong enough reason. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just... Sometimes I'm really too old school and I try to <laughs> adjust, <laughs> to, but like, some things just don't sit well with my light. spirit. <laughs> it, just, it,
1: it, it don't feel right. But what feels right um, to, you know, I, I would say two out of three, like being so like present on socials. Monique, I'll go to you. Um, for social media, knowing like what to share about yourself versus not. Like, how do you strike that balance between, hey, I'm for everybody's mm-hmm. consumption versus, hey, I need to keep this introspective I think um, for me, it doesn't matter. I, I, I mean, you yeah, know, open box anything little anything. bit,
3: but I think like players, you know, fans have more access to players now. And I mm-hmm. think that's a, a big part of them growing like mm-hmm. their, you know, marketability, their fan base, just growing themselves and their business. Because mm-hmm. now players, their businesses, they're not just yeah. just players. So in a way that they can interact, um, I think it's great. I think it's great for the game. I think it's great for, um, you know, individuals. I do also, believe players do have to be careful. I think we all do, just with some of the things you may say. So, people need to monitor themselves. But I'm all for, you know, people speaking up, speaking out, being able to, you know, promote themselves, promote the things that they're passionate about, the league. And I think what's special, in particular, about WNBA players is their commitment to, um, like, causes, and they're not afraid to, you know, speak out about the things that they believe in, um, whether it's popular or not. Um, they're strong, they're powerful, and I think they're very influential,
1: and they use social to be able to do that, yeah. and they should. Tisha, do you ever fear for your clients either um, showing too much of themselves online, like their personalities, their lifestyles, or, or fear for them being outspoken about certain causes? Like, How do you mitigate that, and how do you...
0: To me, like, if you believe in something, whether it's a cause or whatever it is, and you want to speak about it, I mean, and you own it, to me, I don't have a problem with that. Sometimes I've had issues in the past with a particular player, obviously, I'm not going to say her name, um, just showing too much about partying and drinking and, you know, a lot of that stuff. And I say, hey... um, maybe you need to tone it down. Like, you don't have to show everything that you're doing because once you get labeled that you're a drinker or a party animal, whatever, that's going to affect your bag. Like, it's going to affect your bank account mm-hmm. because that's, once you get, it's so you can get labeled in 10 seconds mm-hmm. and it might take a lifetime to remove that label, right? So you have to be very careful what you put out there and you're like, yo, I'm going to be me, teach I was like, you can still be you, just don't put it out there.
1: <laughs> right. Once you, you put it out it. there, so,
0: <laughs> yeah, once you put it out there, you know, the whole world sees it. Um, And then, I mean, I start sending screenshots of teams overseas. They're like, no, we don't want to sign this player Mm -hmm. because, you know, we know this is the reputation. So I start sending to her so she could see that I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I say, I represent you, but you represent me too. So if you do some stuff that I've told you several times that you shouldn't be doing, I hope that you trust me enough to why I'm telling you it's for your own good. Mm -hmm. But if you don't really... I mean, you follow it up for one week, but then you go back to it. At the end of the day, it's just not a good fit. At Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I want to represent players that respect me enough where I give you some advice because I truly believe I'm saying the best thing for you in your career. Mm -hmm. And if you don't listen, I'm not your mother. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but I do say agents are like mothers. Like, Mm -hmm. I get on your nerves because I'm trying to keep it, you know, 100 with Mm -hmm. you or whatever. And then you're like, and it's like moms. And then eventually, like, damn, my mom was right. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like that. And, um, you know, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. And at the end of the day, I'm always going to try to be as as honest as possible with you to what's best for you in your career
1: mm-hmm. and how have you seen it chastity with social media and your players i'm only i'm only picking yeah. you all's brains because i know there's going to be another generation listening to this wanting to be in your place and i know y'all have opinions
2: on the the striking that sweet spot with it yeah um <clears throat> Uh, For most high school coaches in uh, high school athletics, and I I believe collegiate athletics as well, they already have like a code of conduct for social media. So Mm -hmm. um, high school kids kind of have to abide by that Mm -hmm. to stay on the team. Uh, But there, to answer your question with pros and incoming pros across the board, there's a very thin line with your social media brand. And as Tisha said, getting the bag, Mm -hmm. getting positions. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very thankful (laughs) post-career. You know, everyone says, you know, I'm always politically correct on the social media <laughs> i try to be just positive but um when i got hired in the nba there was a thorough search of my social media oh, dear. wow yeah a, a very thorough search you better type and, them keywords you are right there's okay. a search very thorough search of my social media. And um, also, you know, I had started a podcast, I mean, years ago. I've been on blogging sports, like once I retired to keep up with the game. And um, human perception is just very broad. Mm-hmm. So even if, even if you think you're being positive and politically correct, you can say something like, even if I'm going through the teams, like coaches or general managers can have a perception that I'm saying something in a negative way. So it's just a very thin line. I mean, people are getting canceled. Like, So I tell everybody, if you're not Elon Musk or if you're not worth a billion dollars, then social media should be branded in a very specific way, mm-hmm. <laughs> considering what you want to do with your life. So once I'm a billionaire, they're like going to find out the real chance. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: know you're no. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying?
2: You know what i saying? Whatever. But um, no, it's just, I mean, in all seriousness, it's a very thin line, mm-hmm. you know, between, yeah. you know, Getting a, college, break you, yeah. getting a college scholarship, trying to get in the NBA, trying to get in the WNBA. Um, obviously, the people in those top positions—they're still human. Yeah. So, whatever their values and whatever they believe in—I mean, at the end of the day, everybody can say like they're they're very yeah, open, even, even
0: yeah. if you apologize later. Yeah, You already said all of that. Yeah,
1: I'm,
2: I'm on, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, have you said it? Stand ten toes down. So I, I, I just try <laughs> to encourage. I just try to encourage everyone. To, like, if you're getting a bag from having a certain brand then I say, you know, if you're getting NIO money from having certain things, just understand like how long term can that be, because you may miss out on other Opportunities, so just mm-hmm. know what you put out there. You're really you really stand behind, and it's something you can do long term. It's, yeah, so it's out there forever, yeah. It's out there forever. So, it's just a very
1: somebody got it, somebody got a screenshot. It's a
2: very thin line. I I, I do remember I, I was asked by like I guess I had a Twitter committee to like unlike, I had liked someone's tweet, oh, and wow. I was asked to unlike it because it was offensive. So, oh, wow. um,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Oh, they were really thorough with you. They yeah. say. We will find all the things. <laughs> but anyway, bringing yeah. it back because this is the Legends podcast. Mo, I'm going to start with you. Um, what makes you legendary? <laughs> <laughs> what makes me legendary? Um, I
3: think my love for the game, my passion for the game. I put in my time. I put in the work. Um, I would say I was a successful professional player, you know, I left the game um, in a comfortable place when I was ready. And I think, I think anybody that really comes through the WNBA is legendary because we're all trailblazers and we're you know, working our way um, and being examples for younger generations to have the opportunity um, that maybe some people older than us didn't have or we were able to have. So I think if you commit to the game and you give to the
2: game, that makes you legendary. Mm-hmm. Spit poet, amen. Yeah. Chastity, what makes you legendary? Uh, well, you know I'm legendary because I'm the first from North Carolina. Period. So like, I mean, I love the, w- the WBA just so. How because the WBA? Just gave me a bigger Period. platform, but for me, I was from a very small town. Um, shout it out! Yeah, Roseboro, North Carolina, Sampson County. You, you heard? Know, I can always go back home, but I mean, I was just sort of a history maker. So <laughs> everywhere I went, like I. I got, I'm, I'm you know, stuff. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunities and to persevere. And, uh, you know, NC State pack were, to all make day. the Final um, Four. you already know. You but, already know like, what it is. So, you know, believe am You know, in the Hall of Fame in North Carolina, like I could go on and on. It's, right but yeah, it's like, I just feel like, you know, I'm a history maker. So whatever, you know, organizational, wherever, whatever I'm a part of, I'm gonna have an impact. And so that's why I feel like, um, I'm like a living legend, you know, and that. But that also puts pressure because, you know, I'm coaching high school. Everybody like Chaz, what you doing? (laughs) Like do something, you know, big. So that puts pressure. But at the end of the day, I just I just take advantage of all my opportunities and I try to leave, you know, wherever I am in a better place. Mm -hmm.
1: He did. North Carolina will show up and show out. What <laughs> <laughs> Tisha, what makes you legendary? Oh, man. Uh,
0: yeah, little girl from a small city, small country, where soccer is the number one sport. Uh, to to come to America and really to have the success that I had is kind of crazy. It's like sometimes I have to, like, pinch myself because it doesn't seem real. Uh, but I think to me it just happened because, like Mo said, because of my love and passion for the game. I uh, just... Wanting to be the the best that that I could that I could be playing with no regrets, just kind of give it it all and just kind of hoping that he would give back to me, and he gave me so much. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, sometimes like people like talk about you know my accolades and stuff, and sometimes it's even hard to that it re- really resonates with me to to be like top 25, the only European amongst all of those players that were. were Next to me, it's it's insane, like really. I I, I say it and it's kinda of sometimes hard for me to put into words what it really means, but To me, just like dream big, you know, um, put in the work and stuff kind of happens organically. But I know that I made a lot of sacrifices and probably the first one was like to leave my country, Mm -hmm. leave my family. This is like 1994. There's no Internet. okay? Mm -hmm. like I can't even talk to my parents. Like I have to write letters. Uh, Calling home was so expensive. So just bet on myself. I mean, at a young age, I was like, I'm going to do this. And we'll see what happens, and I'm glad I did.
1: I'm so glad you did. I'm glad you picked up a basketball. The world it. would have been yeah. stripped of a Tisha yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that you just are a North Carolina legend. You already know what it is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Tisha know time. about it. That's my clan. Like, hey. yeah. We put Tisha out. Last Last Yeah, we put out
1: yeah. all I'm telling you, I'm a
2: history maker. I was mad. <laughs> it was cut. like. Cut.
1: And ah! on, and doing from a fan to driving up in the same arena that's really really dope yes. and I hope that you all feel the flowers and, and all, the, all the love and pride yeah. that we have in what you all have contributed to the game because every single one of your stories matter and there's such huge puzzle pieces to what is now just such like inevitable like passion like it's just the game is so infectious now there's no, there's no denying the greatness that surrounds it and you all so heavily contributed to it. So thank you so much for joining in this energy today. Thank you. And I'm Legends. so happy to this yeah. like 25, years in this, this. Yeah. Yeah. 25 yeah. years in this thing with the All-Star Game. 25 years in this thing with the All-Star Game and we, we just keep going. What, 27 yeah. seasons now? Yes.
0: That's
2: right. 27. That's right. Unbelievable. The W rocks.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>